Hello and welcome everyone to our 57th session of Hello Casa. My name is Michael and today I'm talking to Mukul Lalchandani, also called Mickey from New York City in New York. Based in New York City with over 100 million in sales and with various awards and TV show appearances, Mukul is a licensed real estate salesperson with Level Group, a licensed real estate brokerage and with his own brand, The Modern Agent. Mickey, thank you so much for your time. I'm super pumped to have you on the show. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me, Michael. I really appreciate it. And thank you for to all the people that are watching this video. Uh, I am a real estate agent based in New York City. I have been an agent here for almost a decade. Uh, I have closed over $100 million in sales in New York City alone. Um, and I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Uh, you started your career in Boston University. How was the journey from, uh, from university now being becoming a real estate agent in Manhattan? Uh, it's it's very different. I don't think anybody in, uh, oh, I don't know many people in life that say that they're going to go to university, go to one of the best schools in the in, in anywhere, and then decide that they want to become a real estate agent. I think everybody just uh, takes it as a stepping stone in life, mm-hmm. um, especially to become a residential agent. And um, that's just what happened to me. I was in fashion uh, for for many years after college mm-hmm. in the fashion industry. And then I always had a passion for real estate uh, and I always wanted to be in it. And so I, I took the big jump uh, back in 2008 when the market crashed. Uh, I don't know if you if you know, but in 2008, there was a big uh, market correction in, mm-hmm. in America. And mm-hmm. that's when I jumped into real estate. In fact, the the housing crisis happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I could ride that wave and I could uh, 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 be successful at the beginning of, of a new market, mm-hmm. then I could ride the wave as it turned around. Awesome. That's super interesting. Um, so that means you leveraged definitely the situation over there and then uh, went all in and also made sure that you can uh, be an active real estate agent at that moment of time. Um, the next question I have is you are having your own brand. The modern agent. Tell us a little about how that started. Sure. So I I knew I wanted to be in real estate. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I didn't want to just become another agent. So since I had a background in marketing and branding and fashion, uh, I felt I had a very unique approach in order to be different from the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so I had uh, kept thinking about how to leverage my skill set and be different. And at that time, nobody, no agents were branding themselves. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it's still a very new concept and it's catching on now, but I've been doing it for over a decade. And I knew that I needed a name that would be fresh and always mm-hmm. always relevant, no matter if you're in 2020 or 2030 or 2040, it's still a relevant name. So mm-hmm. I worked through many different um, uh, brands and I checked uh, to make sure that there were no trademark violations or that it was existing mm-hmm. and uh, or, uh, through a lot of trial and error and feedback from the marketplace I, I landed on the modern agent. It's, I think it's a great name. I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very very interesting. It's very good. Um, so and that's also obviously um, working along Level Group. So you're both like a licensed real estate agent for Level Group and then you have your own brand. That's okay. Yes, yes, correct. So in, in America, um, again, the agents are not, back in the day, agents were not allowed to brand themselves. Mm-hmm. They would just brand, they would have to work under a broker. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
have qualified to become an, a, a broker for many, many years, and I could have started my own brokerage. Mm -hmm. But the firm that I'm at gives me so much latitude and flexibility that mm -hmm. I essentially have my own business. I just park my license mm -hmm. at the brokerage, but I, mm -hmm. I completely work autonomous on my own. Okay. Okay. Makes total sense. Perfect. Um, give us an overview of New York City as um, a city to really live in. I think most of us know it from a tourist standpoint once you have traveled there, but really living in New York City, how is it? Oh, New York is one of the most amazing cities in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I myself am originally from Hong Kong, mm -hmm. and Hong Kong is, I would say, the New York of Asia. And um, New York is such a large city that every neighborhood has its own feel and culture and di diversity. Mm -hmm. Let's say one day you are like, oh, I want to feel like I'm in Brazil. You can go to Brazil town. <laughs> oh, I want to have the one of the best Michelin star Japanese foods. Just You can just wake up. Book it, book it online and be there in, in the evening. Mm -hmm. um, you can literally do anything you want every day and never, and, and the options are so endless that you can mm -hmm. keep doing stuff all the time. And even if you were able to do it all, by tomorrow, there's a whole bunch of new things anyway. So um, it's, it's really an amazing place for someone like, like myself that just enjoys life and culture and wants to experience a lot of the most exciting newest trends in, mm -hmm. in, in, in life. It's like uh, having a journey around the world without leaving the city. I, yes, exactly. And mm -hmm. I would also say, you know, because I went to university in Boston. Boston is mm -hmm. a quaint college town. Mm -hmm. After college, you start feeling a little bit old because everyone stays the same age. This, you know, everyone stays up mm -hmm. to about 20, 21 years old. The next place to go after you finish college is go to New York City because mm -hmm. New York City is like the adult child's playground. There's so <laughs> many fun things to do here. That sounds amazing. Um, what about the fast, it's so fast paced as well. Is it um, also not super exhausting? I mean, I live here in Zurich and it's far from being far, fast paced. Um, how is it to live in Zurich, in, in New York City, sorry? There is, there is a lot of energy. You, you, you feel the energy when you uh, get off the plane. Actually, mm -hmm. even when you're flying into the city, you just feel that energy coming off, from, from, especially in Man Manhattan. Mm -hmm. um, I've been here for 20 years, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a constant. Um, uh, you have to have a work uh, men mentality that you want to be successful and that mm -hmm. drive. You have to have it. Otherwise, it's very hard to survive. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, can, if you can survive and you can do well, this is a wonderful place to prosper. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, now coming a little bit to real estate in New York, uh, give us an overview of um, maybe right now the most trendy and interesting neighborhoods and uh, yeah, and districts which you which you have in New York City. The the wonderful thing about New York is we love to make uh, brand new neighborhoods out of nothing. Um, mm -hmm. we, we 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 like to take a existing neighborhood and slice it and dice it and let's call it something new. Mm -hmm. um, currently, I live in uh, in area in Midtown Manhattan about 10 minutes from Empire State Building, which is a famous uh, landmark in New York City. Mm -hmm. And in my specific neighborhood, uh, it's one of the last midtown areas that has seen a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now there's a lot of things happening here. And the latest neighborhood is called Rose Hill. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, uh, it's on the east side 
around the Midtown area of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing a lot of growth happening over there. It's near the parks, it's near the water. Um, it's easy access to going uptown and downtown. Uh, it's near the United Nations. So there's there is growth happening there. Mm-hmm. Some other areas uh, that we're seeing, the, the interesting phenomenon about New York City nowadays compared to back in the day is that we're working on mega projects where mm-hmm. basically developers would buy an entire neighborhood and build it from 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 the ground up. Uh, so the most recent ones are is, is is Hudson Yards. It's one of the most expensive neighborhoods in New York City, if not the world. And what I mean that is that they took an entire swath of land over railroad tracks and built these super luxury uh, buildings, uh, condominium, hotel, uh, mall. And they build it all above these these train tracks, and they're very expensive. To give you an idea, um, I'm I'm not so re- well versed with meters, meter mm-hmm. squared. I'll it's give fine. it to you. I'll Go ahead with the feet, yeah. Starting prices for a one bedroom apartment, uh, which is around eight hundred square feet, mm-hmm. is starting at two point five million dollars. Okay. Okay. Uh, then you're looking at around three three thousand dollars per square foot on average, starting yeah. at, and uh, they have homes up to eight thousand dollars per square foot in mm-hmm. in the city, um, I, and so some other big projects that are going on right now. Uh, is, uh, there's one in downtown Manhattan in the Lower East Side mm-hmm. called Essex Crossing. That area is also building the first underground park. What that means. If your audience is not familiar, a couple of years ago, we, we launched a new neighborhood called uh, West Chelsea, mm-hmm. near, near the Hudson Yards, actually, they're a very expensive area. Mm-hmm. And they built this new park uh, above ground on the old railroad tracks where, mm-hmm. where the subway trains went. It's called the High Line. Mm-hmm. And because it was above ground, they called it the High Line. So now they're making a new park underground called the Low Line. And the low line is going to be the first underground park with trees and greenery. They're going to have holes That's crazy. in the ceilings, which is on, underneath the, the, the street. Mm-hmm. And the, the sun is going to go through it, re- reflected on, 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 on mirrors. Mm-hmm. It's going to hit onto the greenery areas. Wow. And so that's part of the Essex Crossing project. <laughs> and uh, that project is, also, is made up of eight buildings, mixed use of condominiums, apartment buildings, retirement homes, uh, shopping area, and also it has the largest indoor market uh, in the in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But that's just launching right now. And then the one other very big trend that's happening in New York City, which has happened for the last couple of years, is the growth of a neighbor of of a of a borough called Brooklyn. Brooklyn is separate from Manhattan, and whenever anyone thinks of New York City, they usually think of the I- iconic Manhattan view with all the tall buildings and uh, and the waterfront of uh, down in, in, in downtown where the World Trade Center is. Mm-hmm. Um, but right across the water is a borough called uh, Brooklyn, and Brooklyn ha- is is expanding tremendously. Mm-hmm. They had their the area had been rezoned to residential. They allowed a lot of buildings to build higher than the than the current zoning allowed for it. So they're building these, these super tall luxury towers now along the waterfront and also in downtown Brooklyn. There has been a huge price appreciation in the neighborhood as they continue to keep building in the area. 
What is interesting from our investors' perspective is that for a lot of investors that we're buying in Manhattan, they're getting better returns in Brooklyn because now a lot of people are getting priced out of Manhattan are moving to Brooklyn. And so for investors, they're able to get the same amount of rental income in Brooklyn than they, get, they are getting in Manhattan. Yeah. However, the purchase price are typically 30% lower than Manhattan purchase price. Mm-hmm. So investors are getting a better rate of return buying in Brooklyn than buying in Manhattan. But for an ROI, can I expect that? Yeah, so in, for, from, uh, from the rate of return on, uh, on, on investment, on average in New York City, average is around 3%. Mm-hmm. In Brooklyn, you can get 5 to 6%. Okay. Plus the depreciation you also have to expect in Brooklyn, I assume. Correct. There is there has been tremendous. I'll give you an example. Uh, when Brooklyn was just starting, uh, maybe in two thousand and ten, mm-hmm. um, my client had bought a one bedroom for six hundred and fifty thousand U.S. dollars. By two thousand and seventeen, mm-hmm. that property value became one point two million dollars U.S. Okay. So you can expect about 100% appreciation over the last 10 years. Now, today's market has slowed down. It's become a soft market overall. We, I, I believe that we got overheated. Uh, there was a lot of international buyers, especially from Asia, coming in and buying, but that has all stopped. And so we've been in a bit of a slump. There is a correction happening right now, um, but there are pockets of neighborhoods, micro-neighborhoods, that are still growing. Um, I have... I think three questions. The first question is uh, interest rate right now. Um, is that an, uh, does it <laughs> is there an impact on it? Like what's the interest uh, so, rate r- right so, now? So interest for a right now in in the U.S. If you're getting a thirty year fixed rate mortgage, mm-hmm. it's around two point seven five percent to three percent. Okay, in in Germany and Europe or in Germany we have around like one zero point nine something. But wow. still, but still, it's super low. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's for 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 America, it's very low. When my family bought in two thousand, we were paying eleven percent. Mm, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 very low for 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 New Yorkers, and I I I do work with a lot of clients from Asia, and and they and they're seeing rates around one one percent over there. So um, I, I I do understand that. Yeah. Do you see? Um... I mean, on the one hand, you're saving on the interest rate. On the other hand, you have to pay for the appreciation of the property. In fact, it's a zero-sum game, isn't it? That, that, that's correct. Absolutely. Okay. Um, another question I have, you just mentioned the um, in international investors, which more or less like right now um, are not as uh, crazily investing anymore. Uh, do you have any reason why that is? So the major markets, I want to say... Uh, a-class cities like New York, San Francisco, mm-hmm. LA, we were getting a lot of uh, buyers from China, uh, from Southeast Asia, from Russia. Uh, there has been a crackdown in the number of money, of, of the amount of money that can come into America. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this money restrictions and government interventions has really tightened up the market. Mm-hmm. So when the market was doing really well for these kind of buyers, a lot of developers were building specifically to these target markets. So they were building super luxury properties. Got it. And so when this dried up, all these super luxury properties were still coming to market. And so there was a glut of these very large, expensive homes that were not moving. 
eventually these prices started coming down and affecting the regular market uh, in these in these high in these tier A uh, cities. Yeah. And so over time, the market started becoming soft, and this has been going on for about three years now. Okay. I recently talked to um, one person from Vancouver. She asked, she said, yes, there's a cap right now for international investors. Um, you know, sorry, not a cap. It's a, real estate, uh, it's an, it's a tax uh, in, in, imposed for, for international investors. And also, uh, Sergey from um, Berlin, he mentioned the rental cap, which we see in Berlin right now being imposed on, on a normal tenant. Um, what? Yeah. On, what is uh, that? Uh, it's a rental cap. So you are not allowed to ask for a higher rent price than stated by the municip uh, municipality. Okay. Um, do you see something like this, um, I don't know, uh, happening or um, realistic for New York City? So, first of all, America welcomes all buyers. There are mm -hmm. no restrictions in terms of being able to buy if you mm -hmm. can, if you're buying uh, the property legally and your mm -hmm. funds can be uh, uh, traced to where mm -hmm. they came from legally. There are no restrictions to buying and renting properties. Mm -hmm. In New York City specifically, um, there are some rent rules but there are no caps in terms of how much you want to charge somebody mm -hmm. and, um, and, and how it works. It's just that there are some rules in terms of uh, how much security deposit you can get, mm -hmm. uh, how long is the term of the rental, things like that. There are some rules that you have to follow, but, but um, there are ways around it also. Mm -hmm. but, but, but you have to, uh, as long as you follow the rules, you can do absolutely whatever you want. Yeah, perfect. Um... How does the market work from an agent perspective? Um, I know about open houses. Um, I know that the brokerages are super important, maybe also networking. Um, how do you make sure that you, for example, um, are getting good deal flow? Are you also maybe focused on a certain neighborhood uh, particularly or a certain real estate assets type? How does that work? So for, for me, I want to say that I've always been a little bit ahead of the trends in the in the marketplace for brokerages doing their business. Mm -hmm. Being that I was always a business owner, like when I own my own business in fashion, um, I always thought of it as I I have a product to sell and there is a demand out there. How do I connect my my product with the con consumers and how do I make those deals happen? Mm -hmm. That's very basic. And so I have really been able to harness technology um, and been, uh, so I, I have always been doing things a little bit ahead of the market. And so I've always been able to take advantage of online uh, lead, lead generation uh, uh, ways of getting clients from overseas, especially. I, because I'm from Asia, 70% of my uh, clientele is either Asian or from Asian descent. Nice. Um, and uh, I have a very niche kind of product that I sell, which is modern homes. And so it appeals to a very uh, a niche kind of clientele that appreciates good design, um, easy to buy and rent also. And so I've, I've created this kind of a, a, a unique situation for my own business, but it does not apply for the market overall. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Um, you just mentioned the lead generation. Um, I think the MLS system also is um, quite important or definitely plays a big role. For someone who is not familiar with it, um, can you give us an overview? What is the MLS system and how does that work? Sure. So 
the MLS is called the multiple listing service. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of countries do not have this kind of system. And what the system is, is a online system that all the brokerages share, where they can feed all the listings into one platform, and then it gets syndicated to all the brokerages at the same time. Mm -hmm. So me as an agent can log on to the MLS server, and I'm able to search listings that other brokerages have, and we're able to uh, search based on the number of units, uh, or number of bedrooms, bathrooms, price points, uh, features, uh, if they have a washer dryer or if they have outdoor space. Um, and it really helps us to collaborate to bring as much demand of buyer pool to, to individual listings. Okay, that means no one is more or less hiding the real estate listing for his or her own um, because it's a win-win situation? Yes. Okay. Yes. So so let me let me explain. So yeah. we we in New York are in New York City are members of re the Real Estate Board of New York, which mm -hmm. is a I want to say a trade union, mm -hmm. and and our trade union helps us to collaborate between all the brokerages to share uh, listings, and part of that agreement is that we also agree that if we bring a buyer to your listing, that we will automatically split the commission fifty fifty. Okay. And that way we don't we don't have to be fighting and arguing that we're not getting the fair share because everyone always gets a fair share. Yeah. And so if I'm a buyer's agent, this time I will get whatever I'll split 50-50 with your listing. And then if I have a listing, I have to share my commission with you fair 50-50 also. So it really allows us to collaborate very easily throughout the market. Now I will tell you that there if you don't join this board you do not have access to this MLS system. Mm -hmm. So not every agent has access to it. And the agents that don't have access to it are actually at a disadvantage because they would then have to negotiate and and it's not a guarantee they will get that 50-50 split. Yeah. I talked recently to one person from uh, Germany. He was, um, it was unfortunately it was in German, but he was exactly like in a very detailed manner complaining about the German legal landscape that that's exactly what we are missing because it's not obviously it's not possible to make a contract you know on a one-on-one -on -one basis um the transactional costs of communication costs are way too high and especially also um unfortunately in germany a lot of real estate agents are not um let's say educated or ha don't have the legal degree to really make sure that they know how to write a contract which is really binding And therefore, he was like, I would really like to have like the MLS system in Germany implemented, which would facilitate a lot of transactions, a lot of communication between agents and also between brokerages. Um, I think it's, it's one super big advantage. I also, once in a while, when I enter Zillow, for example, I see various agents listing the same property, which means then I can just more or less say, okay, I like Susan more than Tom, or is there any... Uh, so you have to bring up a completely different situation. Oh, sorry. So okay. It's okay. Um, Zillow is actually an uh, online portal for listings, but the way they make money is through advertising. So what happens is that even if I have a listing and I am the listing agent, I put my listing out in the marketplace Zillow will take that listing and then they will resell it to 
other agents that want to advertise in those specific zip codes. So essentially their names will pop up first for a fee. Um, okay. there, there is a lot of controversy right now, especially in New York City, that the uh, Real Estate Board of New York is trying to fight this and the real estate community is trying to fight this because we as agents work really hard to get listings. We build relationships with the sellers. We have to deliver a lot of service um, to get these listings. And then Zillow just take, makes money out of uh, our listing and resells it to other brokers. So imagine this, you are a potential buyer and you're interested in the property. You click on the first or second agent that you see on the listing. Yeah. That person has no idea what this listing is about. Yeah. They don't have any knowledge about the building, about the property, whether it's a, uh, if there's anything they need to watch out for. Um, and so many times when they find these listings, they will, uh, the, the agent that they contacted will actually push them to something else because they don't know anything about the listing. Okay. Or they will give a lot of wrong information about the listing. So uh, unfortunately, uh, something like a Zillow is uh, doing an injustice in a way because they're not being fully transparent on the on the experience. Okay, I understand. So they just pay their it's like Google AdWords. They just pay their self up in order, but they but everyone can do so, which doesn't mean that they're really the experts about it. Correct. Okay, that's that's Correct. definitely for me as an investor. I now expected that yes, you know, Susan is is the one who really is the agent, and she should know the most. But definitely, I can definitely understand the the controversy uh, cont uh, controversy about it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, thank you so much for the clarifications because uh, me personally, I also was like a little bit confused between like MLS and then Zillow and I thought it was like more or less the same, but now I understand that. So you the, the, the other thing you need to know is that mm -hmm. you as a private consumer cannot always access a MLS system mm -hmm. because the MLS system is specifically for the agent community and for mm -hmm. agents that have licenses. Mm -hmm. Some MLSs around the country do have a public facing uh, uh, where you can access it, yeah. but for the most part, most do not. Um, in New York City, uh, we have a partial public-facing system, yeah. but it does not give you access to all of the listings, and it also does not give you access to the most latest ones. Mm -hmm. uh, only a, a skilled agent would be able to give you access to all the listings. Absolutely. Okay, I understand. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, you just mentioned the, more or less like the um, hustle and also the dedication which you um, put into your work in order to maintain good relationship with both sides, the um, consumer side or investment side, but also obviously the deal flow side as per getting listings. And what do you focus more on? So because we are in a soft market in New York City, mm -hmm. I, have, I have pushed almost all my focus on the buyer side. Mm -hmm. um, I am working on some new technology systems mm -hmm. um, that I'm excited about that I hope mm -hmm. to launch in the next year or so. Nice. Uh, when the market changes and it becomes a seller market, which means that prices are going up and things are moving quickly, I'll move heavily on the selling side. Mm -hmm. uh, but right now I'm mostly focused on the buyer side. However, I do have some listings and I do have, you know, if clients want to sell, they'll sell. Um, but otherwise I'm mostly focused on the buyer side. Mm -hmm. um, how do you do it? How do you make sure that you are, um, I mean, how did you make, or how have you made sure to, to come up to 100 million in, in, in sales? Uh, what is your, um, your secret sauce, which yeah. you 
part of it which you are willing to share to the audience. Ah, I'm going to tell you my secret. Uh, <laughs> I, so I am type A. I am. Uh, I like to be organized. I like to use technology. I am a one-man show, but I am very efficient with my time. Mm-hmm. So, so my secret uh, system that I have is is a three threefold system. One is I have a a binder. In this binder, I write every single client or real estate opportunity that I get. Uh, so, if it's a client that's looking for a two-bedroom, I'll put that in there with like a few like a few bullet points that you know they want to look at a certain neighborhood and price point. And then every Monday I go through that book and I just look at every single name and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I remember that person. I need to reach out to that person. I need to follow mm-hmm. up with this person. That's number one. Number two is I have a CRM system mm-hmm. that I also look on a daily basis. And those are of active clients that I'm and an active deal flow that I'm working on mm-hmm. as we speak. And so for example, like today I have right now um, currently active, I have I have seven deals uh, waiting to close, and I have two contracts out. And I just it's just a system that I have um, in order to keep me organized. And then number three, secret sauce is every Monday with every uh, every active client, I send them a weekly update of where we are, what we did in the past week, how many units we looked at, or how many inquiries we got and what the plan is for this coming week. Mm-hmm. In the body of that email, I have a table of where we are in milestones of what we have accomplished. You know, are we, are we in the offer stage? Are we in the uh, doing a walkthrough, need to get a contract closed by this date? And mm-hmm. it's a snapshot to let them know where they are in, this, in the process. Mm-hmm. It takes away a lot of the complications that people have of when you engage with an agent, you just, you so it's a very like, you know, one on one, you got to yeah. go back and forth, many, many emails. My system is all systemized. Yeah. And it just shows you exactly where you are at any one point. And then you can always go back and forth and watch a video on next steps. And it just makes things a lot more easier. Wow, amazing. Sounds very good. And that's, and you do that for both investor side and also um, the yeah. seller side. Well, it, only if you're an active client will you get this. You're, that you automatically get into the system. Yeah. If you're if you're a warm or a cold uh, lead or a client, you get put on the back burner. And then once you start engaging and or you tell me that you're ready to start on this time frame, then you get part be put on the that system. Got it. Now one question which comes up: If you now then have like one seller's uh, agent and one buyer's agent, is there sometimes frictions where you say, hey, you know, I have such a great system, but the seller's agent is, is not really uh, following through and stuff? Or can you also just um, do and implement your system on both ends, even though it's like you have two, two agents? Uh, are you saying if, if I am the buyer's agent and someone else is a seller's agent? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so uh, you know, you bring up a very good question, and I'm not trying to blow a gloat about myself, but many times uh, when, I have, when I have a listing or I'm the buyer's side and I, I interact with the other agent mm-hmm. and their client, uh, many times they become my clients also mm-hmm. because they're, uh, I, I basically take over the entire process. I help with all the paperwork. I get things moving forward. I, I, want, to, I want to work with everybody. I, I'm yeah. more of that kind of person. I'm not there to just be like, no, you have to do it my way and I don't want to cooperate with you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always looking to make the deal happen and also uh, let, let everybody enjoy the experience. You know, mm-hmm. I remember when I was young, my my, I would walk, I would go to open houses with my, with my parents and my mom would be like, do not show any expression 
if you like it or whatever, because you don't want to give the seller any leverage. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't agree with that. I think that if you like something, just be honest. You know, the, the seller wants to know that you are serious and that you really want it, or you're just going to waste their time. Yeah. So for me, it's like, let's be transparent. Let's have a good experience as much as possible, because I'm sure you know, and a lot of your clients know, buying and selling is not a exciting experience. There's always something that goes wrong. And because it's such a big amount of money that goes into every purchase, it's a big emotional thing, roller coaster, um, that I try to make it as uh, easy as possible for my clients. Mm -hmm. um, I think you bring up a very interesting point, a very important point, the emotion. You know, you can have, yes, you can have on the one hand, like, you know, be super professional, have the best systems in place, but in fact, like listening to the potential investor um, and also weathering maybe some obstacles which we might which we might or which you might face uh, coming along which which obviously happen i think once you have like an emotional connect with the with the other party is um, it is much easier to really overcome those obstacles yes i mean i can i cannot tell you how many times i have had um clients come to me or they would they would come to me after they've already had a bad experience Mm -hmm. And uh, and they're like, I can't believe that you exist or this kind of uh, service exists because before I, you know, I, I would have to do all the work and I would have to keep emailing my 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 broker, calling them, never respond. And you know, it's 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 unfortunately in my industry, I don't know if it's the same in around the world, but it's the industry has a very low barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. Anyone can get a, a license easily. But many of them don't understand that this is an actual business and it's a job and you have to be proactive and you have to be professional in order to succeed. Yeah, perfect. Oh, it's super interesting. Apart, even though you're going even one step further, you are um, having, um, you're active in good cause and you're also donating. Um, tell me a little bit about what you're doing um, and how you're contributing to the society. So... You know, being a successful real estate agent is great, um, but you know, at the end of the day, we're we're glorified salespeople, mm -hmm. and and there has to be more to life than just selling things. I'm not making anything anymore. I'm not I'm not producing, and so I want to have a bigger impact in society. And really, the part of society that gets ne neglected a lot is the environment mm -hmm. and animal rights. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, have aligned myself with the rain with Rainforest Trust, which is a uh, top charity around the world that really tries to use good and smart business practices mm -hmm. to conserve the rainforest and mm -hmm. its local ecology. Um, and and to date, we have uh, through our uh, sponsorship. Through the modern agent sponsorship, we have been able to save 10,000 acres of rainforest. Wow! Um, and to me, that's still a very, very drop in the in the bucket um, accomplishment. But uh, I I feel that everyone needs to make a difference, and mm -hmm. it's not just that. Like for example, um, I am a, I'm a big animal lover. I I have two cats, and you may have seen some of them running in the background. Mm -hmm. um, I became a vegetarian last September. Um, I uh, try to be as mindful on my use of plastic, recycling. Actually, I have a video that's, that just came out on uh, seven easy ways to be green right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I am trying to become a steward for these causes that I believe in 
And I just think it's good and smart business uh, to to do it. And I mean, look at look at where we are today, right? The, the as, as of this taping, there's this big coronavirus scare going on. Mm-hmm. Just two months ago, uh, the um, the bush in Australia was on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's a nonstop uh, ecological yeah. that we're going through. And I I cannot just sit by and let the world continue without trying to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great point. Great words. Um, really appreciate it. Um, considering vegetarian, I think uh, there will be generations somewhere in the future that they say, "Hey, you remember there were, you know, in the past people used to eat animals." I think yes, it will be yeah, so. Yes. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, have you have you tried um, some of the the meatless meats like um, yes. Beyond Meat, yeah. Impossible? Uh, actually, here in the uh, University of uh, Zurich, they have a spin-off of the university with uh, oh. fa- with fake poultry, with fake uh, chicken. Oh wow! Is, chicken. It's amazing. I have yeah. not heard of that. Wow! Yeah. No, it's really good. I went to the I went to the university to eat it, and it's it's super tasty and it's it's amazing. Yeah, I I am so excited. I mean, it's it's amazing that it tastes like meat. And you know what's what's really exciting is that even in America. These meat products in restaurants and in grocery stores, they sell out so quickly that it's hard to get it, which shows that there's so much demand for these alternative foods that, that people want it. And people, I think, at least in like, like, like New York City, people care about, uh, about their diet mm-hmm. and they also care about the environment. So it's a win-win situation. And I think that I agree with you. It is it's a future. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Um, Concerning back to the to your to your business, oh, it's obvious it's also part of your business. But back back to your listings, uh, you also uploaded um, a listing on Hello Casa. Yeah. Um, why don't you? I'm just gonna share that now to our audience. Um, why don't you um, talk us or walk us through a little bit and tell us a little about what it is? Sure. Um, uh, is it gonna pop up on my screen, or just I have to? Um, to it is. You, you just can uh, can walk us through. It's okay, right, let me, now, I, right now. I'm sh- I'm sharing it. It's the okay, timeless sure. uh, Brooklyn two bedroom with terrace for one point yeah. three nine five million. Yeah. yeah. So so this brand new apartment actually came on the market today, mm-hmm. and as I explained to you, Brooklyn is a borough of Manhattan that is very popular, and prices have been shooting up. Uh, this. This is a very good example. This specific property sold uh, in 2010 or 2011 for around 700,000 US dollars. We put it on the market today for 1.4 million US dollars. It is in a walk-up brownstone, so there's no elevator. There's only four apartments in the building. Um, This unit is on the third floor of the building, and it has a private deck. We had a interior designer come in and completely renovate. Now you can imagine these are um, quite old buildings, uh, could be 70, 80 years old. And they basically take the interior, rip it out, take it down to the studs and rebuild it. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing about this home is it has two wood burning fireplaces. The architect was able to save one of the walls that had exposed brick and mm-hmm. painted in a white finish. And so it gives it a very nice, warm finish throughout the entire apartment. Um, and this home also has a private terrace. So imagine in the summertime in New York City, you have beautiful indoor-outdoor living. 
um, where it's great for entertaining, bringing friends over, having dinner at night. Um, it's just a wonderful uh, a property in a wonderful neighborhood. Absolutely. Great. Is it still... Um, one, yeah, sorry, oh, sorry, go ahead. Ahead. No, I, I was about to ask, is it still allowed in New York City to have like a, a, an open uh, fireplace? You can have an electric grill mm-hmm. um, in, in New York City, but you cannot have a gas grill mm-hmm. or a propane tank. Um, if you have a gas grill, it has to be a certain number of feet away from the building structure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in, in order to be in order to qualify, but most buildings will not let you do a gas grill, but you can do an electric grill. Yeah. Okay. Quite common here as well. Um, but one one thing I did want to point out, because we're uh, doing this property or we're showcasing this property at this time of this virus scare, um, we were planning on doing an open house this Sunday. Mm-hmm. And to talk about using technology, uh, instead of doing the open house, I'm going to do a virtual open house on Facebook Live. It's nice. going to be this this Sunday at 12 p.m. Uh, in New York time. And I am encouraging everybody to come onto my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash themodernagent. And you can click on the Facebook Live link, and I will tour this property with you. That way, it reduces people coming to the home and potentially passing off the, the, the virus. But it also gives you that experience of being able to walk through the property uh, as if you were actually there. Awesome. And, and this is what I was explaining about. I was able to use technology ahead of the market. This is something new that people are starting to get catch on to. And this is what we are always thinking of in order to be ahead of the market. So nice. I will definitely um, tune in. and. And I will also obviously share the share the link Thank to the to the audio. Absolutely. Um, I have a few final questions before yeah. we wrap up. Um, there's also one show which is called uh, which is about New York City, and um, I would like to know your point of view on how much is reality and how much is really like is a little bit show. It's called the million dollar listing, where one person is um, showing more or less like his daily life on how he, how he's doing it and how he's selling a lot of and a lot of real estate and also doing a lot of open houses. Um, can you like walk us through maybe a normal daily or an average daily life and how much of that is in your opinion, like reality and how much is a little bit made up? You know, New York city is a hard place to survive. Mm-hmm. There's, it has a very high standard of living. And so you really have to hustle. Mm-hmm. However, this show dramatizes the reality of the real marketplace. Um, I, I, I would like to say that the characters on the show are more uh, reality TV stars mm-hmm. than they are actually working in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, they Now, don't get me wrong, they get a lot of business because mm-hmm. they are really well known in the marketplace. And so they get a lot of listings, but they don't actually work in the listings or show up at the listings or show up at the seller presentation or buyer presentation. They have a lot of junior agents that Mm -hmm. do the actual transactions. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to name names, but many of them I've worked with and I've had very, very frustrating and bad experiences with them. Um, So I would say that uh, it, it is a lot of smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do also respect them because they have become very successful in their own right. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. 
Um, another question I have, there are like some top, top brokerages in New York City, uh, which to me as an outsider seems to be like it's a very strong concentration of a few players. Um, is it still like uh, as someone who is, you before you mentioned like the MLS system, which is obviously an obstacle for a new entrant, especially when you're independent. How do you see like the possibility of new entrants to be really successful if you, especially if you don't have a brokerage and also if you don't have a name yet? Well, in, in uh, New York about, I want to say seven years ago, there was a company called Compass. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you've heard of Compass. I um, think I heard, uh, heard about it, yeah. So, so Compass is, uh, is a very large tech real estate company. They grew very fast. They, they're actually funded by SoftBank, which is a Japanese investment company. And uh, they have a lot of private equity and they've grown very far because fast because they have a lot of uh, deep pockets. Uh, they have been able to capture a large uh, percentage of the marketplace and they've been expanding across the U.S. quite aggressively. Um, I actually worked at Compass uh, before and I was at Sotheby's International Realty also. And my, my take is that at the end of the day, it's about the agent. Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of these firms have to meet their annual sales goals or quarterly sales goals. So sometimes they will diminish the quality of agents that they hire and just to get to those numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it's, it's a, a, a culmination of being able to successfully transact the, on the property. Uh, but also uh, building on relationships and having good reputation is very, very important. And I will say that sometimes these firms do not, uh, I, all, the, all the agents don't have that same kind of reputation. Yeah. And so sometimes they, they will forego that just to get to their bottom line. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are a few key players that I have a lot of respect for. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was uh, amazing what you just said because it really boils down to the personal interaction and also like the personal connect. Um, to be honest, like if I make business, especially if I want to invest like a lot of money, um, if the agent just, just, you know, if I feel like he doesn't really care about me, I couldn't care less about investment. Maybe I am a little bit too, I don't know, Latino in my heart, but still like for me, it is super important that the personal connect is there. And I, and I Absolutely. feel that, that I'm being taken care of. I, uh, when I uh, grew up in Hong Kong, Hong Kong has, uh, have you been to Hong Kong? Unfortunately, only on the, on the airport, but I wanted to go out, but it was just a layover. Next time I Hong will go. Hong Kong is known for their service. Mm -hmm. And uh, they really pay attention to making sure that the client is happy. And I grew up in that culture. Mm -hmm. And when I, when my family bought in New York, uh, we had a, a terrible experience um, buying from a new, new development. And Ultimately, my parents uh, lost a lot of money, uh, ended up paying very high interest rates, and just did not have a good experience overall. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of the reasons I became an agent, is to help families like my family not go through what we went through. Mm -hmm. And to be able to protect, especially foreign buyers, um, from going through these things, because the, there are cultural differences. Mm -hmm. how, how someone overseas talks and understands how a process is, is very different from how it happens here. And my job is to bridge the, that cultural divide and make sure that we explain to you carefully what the entire process is. And so absolutely. that's one of the reasons why I became an agent. Awesome. No, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, 
Give us um, your last um, sentences and words about uh, personal tips. What do you um, what do you suggest either an agent or a real estate investor um, when it comes to buying and interacting and uh, investing in real estate in New York City? Uh, so New York City is unlike any market in America, and what I mean by that is that it's com it's complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, not every property would be Uh, appropriate for a foreign investor or foreign buyer to be able to buy because they may have some strict rules on rental. Um, if you find something that's priced too good to be true, most likely it's not going to be for you. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of um, tricky, sneaky things that happen in the marketplace. And if you don't know how it works, you can land up, it can land up costing you a lot of money. My recommendation for a foreigner is one is to read up online uh, about the process of buying. Um, uh, if there's a property like a condo or a house and you like it, read up and see if you can find more information about that type of property uh, or that type of neighborhood and understand how transactions happen in that area. Mm -hmm. um, and then three is really researching uh, a good agent. Now, When you buy in New York City as, uh, and you have a buyer's agent, you don't pay them anything. Their fee is paid by the seller. The seller will uh, pay the buyer's agent and the seller's agent the fee. So why wouldn't you as a foreigner get the expert representation of a experienced agent to help you and there's no money out of your pocket? It, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good to know. You know that's that's amazing. Um, thank you so much for these for these uh, insights. Uh, thank you so much for the entire call. I learned so many well, things. To be honest, yeah, it was well, amazing for having me. Um, I, it's really exciting. Um, this is exactly the reasons why I got into this business is to help foreigners understand the process of buying in in the U.S. and in America uh, in New York City. So I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. How can people contact you? Uh, very easy. You can just visit my website, themodernagent.com. Um, you can go onto your favorite social media, uh, social media network and just search for The Modern Agent and I'm likely there as well. Perfect. And you also have a great YouTube channel, I have to point I out. I have a YouTube That's, channel, uh, yes. Yes, I highly recommend taking a look at that also. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone should ch check it out and also we'll read a real uh, link to it. Um, Mickey, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your uh, for for your presence here, for all your insights. Uh, I learned so many things. Um, I wish you a very nice afternoon. Awesome. And uh, I send the best regards to New York City. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Bye bye. bye.